So what do Carly Russell, a beating at Rock the South, and then Charles Barkley and Paul Feinbaum have in common? How about news that's made national headlines that happen right here in Alabama? This is 1819 News, the podcast, Lady Takeover. You don't want to miss it. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome to 1819 News, the podcast. I am not Brian Dawson. She isn't either. She's Allison Sinclair. I'm Amy Beth Shaver. We are co-host of Alabama Unfiltered Radio Show. You can find us on 1819news.com. Click on the radio icon, but that's not why we're here. We're here because it's a lady takeover, and we're taking over 1819 News, the podcast. And today, we're going to be covering two stories that have made national news, two stories probably which have caught your attention because they've certainly caught the New York Post attention, never mind that they were in our publication. Um, But two huge stories. One that I thought, oh, wow, what the heck, Alabama? So what's the first one, Sinclair? So we're going to talk about Carly Russell. And I just think there's been so much that's happened. It's like we need to kind of round it up and put the timeline together for people because it's, it's been a long, exhausting few days. Has it been a week? It's been a week. I mean, do you remember? Has it been two weeks? I don't even know. It's a blur. I think it's been like 10 days. So so let's start. Okay. All right. I didn't know anything about it until I walked in. It was a Friday. I remember that, right? She went missing on a- Thursday night. Thursday night. And so we walk in Friday morning. We're about to go on and do the radio show. And you and Scott are like huddled in the corner. And our hearts sank. And we read this story about a toddler walking down 459, this- kidnapping, girl disappears, she's trying to save the toddler, and it was like we immediately went to our girls, we our did. daughters. We did, and did we not immediately text them and say, okay, here's what just happened, y'all be careful, if this happened here, it can happen anywhere, and also, oh, by the way, um, just just be extra careful, just be aware of your surroundings, and if you see a toddler wandering down the side of the road, um, we all had to ask ourselves the question, would we have stopped? Like if this were us? And then you're like, but what toddler would be wandering down the side of the road? And then we leapt to something that's going on in actually in the entire world right now, which is sex trafficking. It's human trafficking. It's humans. It's slavery that's going on. So we can't help but make those leaps in our mind from being mothers to considering our daughters to warning them to be safe. And then from that to consider the human trafficking element in well, the whole situation. Sound of Freedom had just come out. That's right. And that's everybody's top of mind. And these are things that you think happen in all these crazy big cities. And this happened right down the street from us in Hoover, Alabama. And we're like, what in the world? And so I remember we were doing the show. There were very little details, but... We knew she was missing. Her parents, I think, had come out at that point and just said, please pray for us. We don't know where our daughter is. And somewhere around that night, though, after I started thinking about it, I'm like, wait a second, 459, if there's a toddler 
walking down 459, don't you think, I don't care, male, female, because everybody's like, the, the females are going to stop because they just, male, female, like, don't you think 459 is coming to a complete stop? A complete stop, and not only a, clean, a complete stop, but think about all the good people that would have pulled over to the side of the road and tried to hem the child in. Right. So it couldn't go any farther, and it couldn't go back. Like, there are so many things we would have done immediately. Yeah. And as far as we knew, none of that happened. None of it happened. And oh, by the way, there happened to be cameras that captured the whole thing. That was the next thing that came out is we got the cameras. And <laughs> it's so crazy. I'm like, okay, wait. That toddler that I can't see on that camera, but is running about 30 miles an hour down the side. Really fast enough that Nick Saban has been brought into the meme game with this whole situation. But yeah, you're like, all right, guys. Did your mom's senses go, hmm, something done, don't feel right right now. They, it was just weird because then I thought like the time, if you're going 70 miles an hour, that's probably slow on 459 and you see a toddler, you've got to go all the way. There's no way you can slam on the brakes and then get that far behind the toddler to be able to go 30 miles an hour down the side to catch up with it. So I'm like, that doesn't make sense. You'd have to get down. Well, then the next day is when... The psychic medium story comes out, I think. And we Is all that it? <laughs> we all go, things that make you go, hmm. So the parents went and spoke to some medium in Atlanta. And that medium, when this situation was resolved, took credit, by the way. But not also before the parents decided to hop on with, surprise, the Today Show. See, and that's the craziest thing because... They kept saying, please give us our privacy. Thank you all so much for, oh, wait, we missed her coming home. Well, they did the Today Show, then the medium, and then, well, they saw the medium, then she came home, and then the medium was like, oh, okay, so the Today Show was after, because I remember the mom saying, and that was the whole thing. Okay, so, so, so they go see the medium. She just surprise shows up, and as she comes home, her parents are like, please give us privacy and pray for us. And then they go do this national interview. And we're all like, this is weird. And in that interview, do you remember her mom said, the interviewer was like, what was your first reaction? What did you do? And she was like, well, we tried to hug her, but we couldn't because the paramedics were there. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. How are the paramedics already there? How are they there? And how are you as a mom and we each have four kids. So we have eight kids between us, plus our Scott has three. There's a bunch of kids in our radio family. Oh, Brian has seven. Brian has seven. I mean, there's a lot of kids, okay? Did every parent not go, what? The first thing that your child does in an emergency is race into either or both parents' arms. That this child was not able to be hugged doesn't make any sense to me at all. And that's when I was like, all right, this is a joke. And how were the paramedics already there if she just surprised showed up at the house? Unless the people on the ring doorbell cameras, the ones she happened to walk past on the way to her house, were like, hey, alerted she's police. Home. She's home. She's walking home, calm as a cucumber, and then gets to her front door and has a come apart. So I think this is when we start hearing from the Hoover Police Department. And their press conferences start dropping little hints. Like, there is no toddler... There was, we never saw a toddler. There's not a toddler that's been reported missing. Um, we don't know where she went. She stopped at Tzatziki's and then went and got snacks. That's when that came out. She had to get her <laughs> Cheez-Its so sorry. and her granola bars. Of course. 
Don't forget the toilet paper in the bathrobe. Oh, gosh, and then she stole the toilet paper in the bathrobe. Okay, so then we're like, what? Yeah. And I think people were frustrated with the Hoover Police Department because they didn't put out details because, like, our reactions, everybody is wondering, is there this kidnapper on the loose? Mm -hmm. Is there this toddler that's been abducted as well? And the police weren't giving us anything, but I think they knew. And People Magazine just put out an article just a few hours ago that talks about Hoover saying, we pretty much knew that it was a hoax. So that brings up an interesting discussion of where does the responsibility lie? Does it re- does the responsibility lie? Like, you know, there's not a threat to the public. But if you say that, then you kind of maybe mess up the investigation, because I think at some point the investigation turned on Carly and her parents. Yes. And so what do you have thoughts on that? I do. do I think, think it's interesting because you're right. I think they were going to let it play out because one of the most powerful things that they did was by not just handling it well and dropping hints, but by the time they came out with that last press conference, they dropped just enough information that it led us to our own conclusion and then followed it up with later, after we had decided, oh, this was a hoax, we arrived at that conclusion. Then they said, this is a hoax, and then Carly's letter comes out admitting that it was. So are you okay with that? Are you okay with them not telling you the full picture of what they knew because they were building a case against her? Unlike Joe Biden, who likes to spill secrets and tell, you know, about the low weapons cash that we have, apparently, (laughs) um, I think it's probably wise and prudent to hold back on what you know, because I think you're right. I think they were letting it play out. They were following the case. And if they let everything out of the bag, then it's done. But I think the part that has me puzzled is, could they have told us more quickly? Perhaps. But looking back, I like the way that they did it. Because, like I said, I think it's powerful when people draw their own conclusions. We were ready to hear what they had to say when they said it. Um, And I hate it for the resources that were wasted. But I agree with you. It feels like they pretty quickly were like, yeah, no. So I had someone text me and say, because we talked about it on the radio the other day, and they said, you know, the problem is it's kind of like COVID. We don't trust our law enforcement now. They didn't tell us the whole picture. They held back on us when we were emotionally invested, some physically, financially invested, because I do know the parents mm-hmm. had a GoFund. A friend of mine got sent the basic GoFundMe. It was the cash app to donate to their cause when they couldn't find her. Um, and I think they raised like $63,000 and then I'm assuming they got paid for the Today Show interview. And so they made some money. And and so neighborhoods, families have invested time in prayer. And this person was just saying, where is the trust with our police now? I kind of see both sides. Um, I thought it was genius to to mm-hmm. let her hang herself, to let her mess up. And she did. I mean, mm-hmm. she messed up several times, so much so... What happened? They had a press conference, I guess, two days ago. Mm-hmm. was supposed to start at 4 o'clock. What we found out was before that, they were supposed to meet and, and interview Carly. She never showed up, but she sent the letter through her attorney, which said, This is a hoax, and I'm very sorry. Okay, so could we have been sorry before we looked into the, war- the movie Taken? <laughs> before we looked into getting a bus ticket? before looking into how you were to get an Amber Alert called out for you. Like, these are so many things that make you go, hmm. 
what happened. And then to look into the national news, and last night I about fell out. I don't watch a lot of news, but when it when it was on Fox News, the five, I was like, oh no. Then the New York yeah. Post, then People Magazine, it's everywhere. But it just makes you wonder, first, you hope that she gets the mental health help that she needs. But second, my question then is, do you think that they are going to press charges? And do you think that they should be financially responsible for some of the resources that were extended on her behalf? Because it um, it turns out the district attorney that will be in charge of deciding whether they press criminal charges or not is a black female Democrat um, that's in the Bessemer cutoff area um, district. And I don't know. I Everybody is telling me they will press charges. Hmm. Um, I think the city of Hoover, I, I think there are going to be some issues if they don't. But I don't know. I don't trust anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't trust it because she should be held responsible. I'm like, Girl, if you need a break, I need a break from life all the time. Just like tell your parents you're going to spend the night at a friend's house. Right. And you'll be back in 48 hours. <laughs> like that's what that's our right. kids do. Right. Like what happened to that? I don't know. I guess that's just too plain and boring. So the whole thing is just strange because I cannot figure out. You call 911. You set up. You you steal a robe. You steal toilet paper. It's obviously premeditated. But what I don't know is. What was her motivation? And you and Scott had some interesting thoughts. And these are thoughts that I would really like to be wrong about. But because we live in this age where people do things often for attention, you can't help but to wonder, is this something that a larger group of people were taking part in? Because it seemed to be, it just seemed weird. What if she said, I had to do this. I had to disappear because I needed something that the state of Alabama cannot provide. And what would that be? That would be an abortion. Now, I want to be wrong. And I really hope I am. But would we be surprised? And let's say it's something else that she had to do because of this or that. But that was the first thing that came to our mind. What if this was a stunt pulled by a larger group to make their point that (laughs) Alabama needs abortion access? And to that, I say, well, she could have just driven to Atlanta. Perhaps she did, and that will come out later. Maybe she did go to Atlanta or go to whatever state has abortions. So go like see everybody the else. medium and then go by Planned Parenthood. Yeah, they were in Atlanta. I don't know. We are all offering opinions that are sheer conjecture. But could we not see at this stage of our lives and in culture that stunts are pulled often to prove a point. What if this were one of them? Although I hope I'm wrong. One of the very first rumors, and again, like there was so much speculation going on. So we are not saying that any of this is accurate, but I mean, we didn't get much. So we had to try and piece together what we could. But one of the first things I heard was that she she was pregnant. She had a boyfriend who had broken up with her a few days before. Um, she's 25 and her boyfriend was around the same age, but that she was pregnant with a 17-year-old's child. That was one of the first things I heard. I don't know if I believe it, but it is interesting that then, and I don't think you and Scott were the only ones that thought about that, and I don't know if it's circulating, but it it, it does push a narrative of, of those 
conservative Christian people drove her to this mental breakdown and she just had to, you know, and it's our fault. That's right. Um, and I can see that happening. Okay, yeah. Isn't that interesting that we are the butt of the jokes. We are the crazy people and all we want are answers. If we can get them and accountability, because I think some kind of accountability needs to be had yep. for this situation because what it also did was took away from the people that we know have been trafficked, sex slavery all around the world, mm -hmm. child trafficking for child labor all around the world. For example, the cobalt mines. We've mm -hmm. seen it with our own eyes. We can't really talk about it, but you and I have seen it. Yeah. And so it took away from those victims. It took away from the people who really need mental health services and now will be embarrassed to reach out for them because this whole thing happened. So the implications and the reverberations of it are astounding. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a hoax that you looked up on your computer. She hurt a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Part of this conversation too needs to be with that. And we have kids, you know, younger than her, but around actually you have one almost the exact same age. Yeah. This generation, those kids, they're the first like participation trophy kids. Yes. And there aren't many, you aren't held accountable for many things. And I will be extremely disappointed if Hoover and this district attorney do not penalize her. And I don't know what her family in the, in the attorney letter that she sent, she said she acted alone. I don't know how that's true. I don't know how that's I, true. I how, how did that... you get picked up? Just from that point right. of view right there, yeah. how did you get picked up? Maybe she hitchhiked. I don't know. A four-wheeler was stashed in the woods? I heard that too. Really? Yeah, I did hear that. Oh, okay. Well, I just made that up. She no, like that because there were woods right there. But anyway, I just do hope that she is held accountable because we've lost that. We Everybody really gets away with it. Oh, it, and it reminds me of the, we talked about on the radio, the, the guy that was just pleading, pleading in the park, in the New York City park. This white guy just pleading, this black man, and color doesn't matter, but it was just interesting in that this this white man was trying to intercept. This black man had just beat to a pulp this other person, and, and this other man came in and was like, please let him go, please let him go. Like, you can go beat someone, hmm. and people are actually saying, just let him go. What? Where do we live? So, I, I don't know. I hope she's held accountable, and we can see that, but... I guess the next thing is... Well, that kind of leads us to our next segment. And that is another person who was beaten to a pulp. And yes. this happened in Alabama, as you see. There is a theme. Um, what's going on in Alabama? But at a huge concert, Rock the South, which was a benefit concert established after tornadoes in Coleman. And... I mean, Allison, how many people go to Rock the South? It's unbelievable. It's so much fun. And I will say, um, Jared and I went two years ago, and we rented an RV and spent the whole weekend and had a blast. And we never, like, it was chaotic, and it was a lot, but, like, never felt unsafe, never saw a fight, never saw anything. But I did hear this year was a little rowdier. Okay. I don't know why. But this story is horrific, and I can't believe, I mean, where did you see it? You saw it on national news. It I saw it out. on the national news. This one was also in USA Today or New York Post. I cannot remember which because we look at a, read a lot of news. Uh, but the story had photos 
and the young man who was beaten to a pulp by a couple other guys was accused of having spilled beer on another individual. And he attempted to make it right, according to accounts from his own quotes and his girlfriend's quotes from the hospital. And they were saying, we attempted to say, I'm sorry, I didn't have anything to drink, man. I didn't spill anything on you. We're all good. And then he said, out of nowhere, he was hit in the back of the head, attacked, knocked to the ground, and knocked out, and they proceeded to beat him silly. I saw the post that his mom put out asking for information on the men, the childish adolescents. I mean, you just don't do that. Um, that beat him. I mean, his face, like he didn't even look like, because I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't either. Until you found that picture and we're like, that doesn't even look like the same person. It was terrifying. So I saw that post, but there wasn't anything out from Rock the South or, and I was like, they're, they're quiet. But they came out and they said they were offering $10,000 and lifetime tickets to Rock the South with any information that led to them finding these two guys that beat mm-hmm. this kid. And they did. Turns out it was a former UAB football player. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know who the other person was, but they found him. But it, I, I, if anybody's going to hold him accountable, it's going to be Coleman, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but they should be. I mean, you, you can't. It's just these we live in a society that has lost its way on any rules of engagement or rules of just living in a civilized society where you think you can just do that to another human being, where you think you can just call 911 and fake your kidnapping and nothing's going to happen because you just need a little break. Mm. I just need some time off or whatever it is. It's like we we are watching America kind of die in front of our eyes because you can't function in a society like this. When we were in Chicago last weekend, you know, it's so funny what they lock up in all these different mm-hmm. drugstores because everybody goes in. You can just take what you want. There's no rules. You just, but one of the things that was so funny, they locked up all the chocolate bars. Oh, that's so I sad. I guess Why would you lock chocolate. up a chocolate bar? I don't know. Go for something Maybe you need a chocolate bar before you go commit a crime. No. I Maybe don't that know, makes you I give the rush. That. But then it made me sad that I'm like, we're at the place in America where we have to lock up chocolate bars. That's wrong. Not medication. Not like life-saving things. Chocolate bars. Chocolate bars. So we've got to figure out how to... Uh, you look at the Roman Empire and how it fell, and it was just what's happening. Yeah. There, were no, there was no truth. There were no right and wrong. It was everybody did whatever they felt like doing, and everybody got away with it. And that's where we are. And it's so sad. The lawlessness is frightening, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because we used to understand that even if you were not a Christ follower, there was a moral law. That was the foundational principle. And it's funny that the very people who just in society in general want to say, well, that's wrong and that's right, are calling upon a moral law, mm-hmm. even if they pretend that one doesn't exist but it conveniently exists when we need it to. That's exactly right. And that's what we have to get back to. And that was always one of the themes of our podcast. And I know it's the theme of Brian's is truth and calling and hearkening back to what is truth, what grounds us, what holds us together as a society. We operate in a system where we understand if you play football, there's rules, there's boundaries, Mm -hmm. there's guidelines. You play basketball, same thing. Anything you do in life, 
there are guidelines and boundaries. And yet we want to exist in culture as if there are none, but we're all suffering, beating ourselves silly at a simple concert, like my niece was there. Mm. It is unbelievable that you watch this and you think, y'all, we have to be the ones to remind people that it is truth to which we cling. That's what we're holding on to. And that's what we have to stand up for. And that's why we can confidently say Carly Russell needs to be held accountable. Everybody's outraged, but they also are outraged because somehow inherently in them, doesn't the Bible tell us that um, that that God-shaped vacuum exists inside of every soul, that we have an understanding of God, but we shut it down because we'd rather listen to the praise of men, the book of John says, Isaiah actually said it, but we'd rather listen to what man has to say and receive his praise than what God says. But if we listened and did what God said, would we even be here at all? How come this is kind of a deep question? I'm actually reading a book right now called Slaying Leviathan by Glenn Ooh, Sunshine. that sounds so good. It's very deep, but it's very good. It goes back before Christ kind of, and it, it follows the um, construction of American government and the founding fathers and where these these ideas of liberty and freedom and unalienable rights mm. from God kind of come from and how we got to the government that we have here. One thing that, and I'm not through with it, but one thing is, is none of these societies work. What we have in America, it doesn't work unless you have a moral society. And we mm. did for a long time. And... It almost seems like in it. It almost seems like in a day where God just removed His hand from America, and you can almost pinpoint, you know, that this is where we just started going down this road. Do you think we can make it back? Oh, with God, anything is possible, right? But what do you? How does this end? What do you think? So I think that it ends with first the gospel being preached because that is the good news and the hope for our soul. It's the anchor that would hold us firm. I think we also have to be reminded about history and about all the good things that Christ followers did. And I don't mean the happy sunshine, Jesus's only love, mm -hmm. the sweet baby Jesus of Talladega Nights. Um, we have to remember that our God is an awesome God, but He is loving and just. He's both. Mm -hmm. And so we cannot walk away from that because we want Him to only be love or only be just. He has to be both because that's who He is. We have had the audacity to change who we think he is and fit him and form him in our image, which has created an idol. Mm -hmm. So we're living in an idolatrous generation, getting us back to truth, though, first preaching the gospel, then reminding people about the truth, then looking into history and seeing what Christians have done in the past, like rescue babies whose parents didn't want them and they were left out to the elements, looking back at the churches like in Siena, Italy where you see that the cathedral and the one of the oldest hospitals in the world is still standing. And it was at the crossroads of culture, literally on the crossroads, and that's where they took care of one another. They had their doctors in there. They had their priests. Often priests were doctors. They could. It's really interesting. Chris is reading another book. We can talk about that another time. But I think we've got to get back to who we are and who we know we are and stop apologizing for it. And when we're wrong, we say we're wrong. I think we're not good at that. I'm not good at that. Who wants to say, I got that wrong? Mm. Um, but be willing to admit when we've made mistakes, but then be willing to like take a lap when things go right. Mm -hmm. um, we also have to be willing to stand up, and that means throwing sand in the gears of Marxist ideology that has taken over and swallowed our culture. 
that is a religion just as well as Christianity is actually a faith walk. This is a religion. This religion, you cannot escape from its clutches, and you will never be forgiven. You will always be on the hamster wheel. Versus in Christianity, Christ died for us. We're all sinners. We're all level at the foot of the cross. We're all even. So you pick what which ideology. This one's taking us down to the pit of hell. This one will list, lift us up to the heavens. And so I think if we do those things, beginning with preaching the gospel, reminding ourselves of who we are, throwing sand in the gears of culture, also be willing to say where we've gotten it right and where we've gotten it wrong and correct it, I think then we'll have a chance. But I believe it is why 1819 exists. It's why we're here. It's why God's unbelievably given us this opportunity to tell the truth. Somebody's got to tell the truth. And sometimes that means you're the only one standing like the watchman on the wall, calling out with your shofar, blowing the horn, going, hello. And people know, but it takes a lot of work and it's day in and day out. There's not like we're on the gas and then we're letting off. We can't. Mm -hmm. And that's what's exhausting is there is no end to this until we get to heaven But as Jesus tells us in Isaiah, we are to seek the welfare of our city. We are to look out for its good. This is what we're to be about. When we're about that, then we're going to be okay because the Lord's hand will bless it. But right now, it's each individual coming together, doing the work that God puts in front of us um, with joy in our hearts. We're happy warriors, but we can't let our foot off the gas. That's how I think we get back. I I don't know if we have time to go into it, but it does— the end of slaying Leviathan, it, it gets to what is the Christian's responsibility when you get into that totalitarianism and kind of what we saw through COVID. And mm. um, and it, there's a lot of tension there. And you talk about that um, with like, we all think we have to be nice. But I don't think this corrects itself without, like you said, without the church and believers and just good people. Like we're having James Lindsay in at the end of August. He's an atheist. Um, definitely not coming from the same worldview, but he sees the danger in what is happening mm-hmm. in America right now and the lack of truth and the the just whatever you feel today. If you want to fake a kidnapping, go do it. Mm. You were just, you were just, it was self-care, self-love. <laughs> Reach it, tell she the truth. Took a robe. Shame the devil, girl. She took a robe and grabbed her snacks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> What? Did what kind of cheeses? I don't know. I hope they were white cheddar. Those, Those are delicious. But like what? What craziness? So I do think I, I'm hopeful. I think people are slowly waking up as things are happening, and and really the government is impinging more and more on people's. Like they're in your homes now. It used to be they were out there when you were out there when you were on the roads where you were in whatever. Now they're telling you what you can and can't do mm. in your homes. That to me is when you have. Not just the permission, but you have the obligation to step in to fight back against the tyranny out of love for your neighbor, out of love of protecting your community. Unfortunately, it right now feels like it's me and you and Scott and maybe Brian. <laughs> it does. It's lonely. <laughs> it's so lonely. And I'm hopeful that some other people will come behind us. But um, it's just been a weird few weeks of Alabama stories. And um, I don't know. Do you? We want to talk about the. Uh. I mean, you know, so let's do this before we jump into our last segment. We want to thank you for being a part of 1819 News, the podcast, and Brian Dawson letting us have Lady Takeover. 
to talk about cheerful stories from Alabama, but really to get at the root cause, which is we are longing for truth. We need it. We need culture warriors, happy warriors who know who they are and why they're here and what they're about. That's how we fight back in our culture. But also you have the opportunity to join the fight. You have the opportunity to become a member of 1819 News for increments from $5 on up to however much you feel led to give. But we need your help to support what is good and true, what will allow for a free and flourishing Alabama. And so we want to thank you for joining us today. And if you're a member, stay tuned because we're going to talk about sports. I'm so excited. We need to talk about sports more on the radio. Let's talk about sports tomorrow. We Well, we should, but we're going to talk about Charles Barkley, who, in my opinion, I loved up until this moment. He stepped in it. Paul Girl. Feinbaum, I've never been a fan. I just want to punch him in the face. Wait, we don't do that. Never mind. We just we're talked nice. about beating people. Um, <laughs> well, maybe I should say he has a punchable face, but I would never punch him. We wouldn't but do anyway, that. We're, he's we're self-controlled. He's but we're going to save that. We're going to save that. Well, anyway, stick around. We're going to talk about all that. Um, Join us on the member-only content. I'm Amy Beth Shaver. Allison Sinclair. We will see you next time. Keep your faith in God and keep your powder dry.